0: What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Hope everybody had a good week. This is John Pearl, and I'm here with Freedom Investor Friday. I'm to talk today about interesting article that I read a couple days ago, shared to me by a buddy, Matt Jackson. Shout out to Matt Jackson. went to infantry school with him about uh 11, 12 years ago now. But um, yeah, super interesting article, and funny fact, this is my second t- attempt. record this episode I actually recorded the same thing earlier today this morning but then when I went back to give it a proof listen and make sure it didn't sound messed up I noticed that my baby was screaming in the background the whole time and you can barely hear anything I'm saying but here we are having another go at it so this article that I want to highlight, I wanna, I'm going to just share some of the, the high level of it, some key takeaways. It was a Wall Street Journal article. But yeah, so this article, give a, give a few takeaways, what it's about, and then I'm going to give my thoughts and opinions on what it's saying because it paints, it paints a picture, but it doesn't tell the full story about what is going on in the syndication space. So this article, it shares a story, a cautionary tale, if you will about an individual named Jay. The article is called, A Housing Bust Comes for Thousands of Small-Time Investors. And it's all about syndication and what is happening in the syndication space right now. So I actually met this guy, Jay, at my first event that I ever went to in the real estate investing space, first conference. It was at a, a conference in Dallas, Texas. And on this and at this conference we we would go on these bus tours where we would tour people's properties that of uh students in this network that had purchased these properties they would talk about how they purchased it how they were going about the business plan and what they were doing and this individual jay he was actually one of the speakers there at this uh on this bus tour and he was talking about one of his properties so when my buddy matt sent this to me I was kind of in shock. I was like, "Oh wow. that's Jay. I don't know the guy well, but I talked to him at length and, you know, he seemed like a great guy and sure he is. I'm sure he just got in over his head with this and is having a lot of trouble with it, but anyhow, so about the about the article. So Jay, he built a significant real estate empire in the Sunbelt region, leveraging small investments from individuals hoping to earn from being a landlord without having to manage properties themselves, i.e. syndication. He raised money from passive investors. So he used a business model that promised to upgrade apartment buildings, raise rents, and then sell for a profit in a few years' time. So the investment strategy proved vulnerable to recent increases in interest rates, which undermined the profitability of these deals and led to significant losses for investors. Jay's company lost over 3,000 apartments to foreclosure And investors, passive investors, lost millions as a result. If you pay attention to the headlines, you may have even heard about this specific deal. So, had a three thousand unit portfolio in Houston that went underwater. They could not meet their debt obligations. They couldn't make their monthly payments, so they ended up having to get foreclosed on the company's downfall. Jay's company's downfall was mainly due to rising interest rates that increased monthly loan payments. And the, which raised the costs faster than they could increase the rents. So syndicators have raised over $115 billion from investors between 2020 and 2022. But many, and this part of the story is definitely true. Many are under pressure right now and facing potential foreclosures. A little bit of background about syndications. They grew in popularity after a 2012 law made it easier to market real estate investments online, attracting a broad range of investors, particularly those seeking to take advantage of rising rents and property values in the South. Some syndicators are trying to raise more funds or sell off properties before falling into foreclosure, but with loans coming due and new, more affordable loans harder to secure, the situation remains precarious. Syndicators often profit even if the investment fails. This is one of the things that the article highlights. They often profit, the people who put the deals together they're saying, that they often profit even if the investment fails, which I'll have some more thoughts on here in a second. They go on to say the growing popularity of real estate syndication has been fueled in part by social media advertising with aspiring landlords drawn in by promises of passive income and success stories from real estate gurus. So, my thoughts on this. So that's just a, a brief overview of the article. Just some notes I took and some uh, key takeaways from it. And yes, a lot of that is true, but this does not apply to everybody out there. So a lot of the one thing that they were hammering this guy on is his his advertising for doubling your money in three to five years, and he probably did that a time or two. He was investing in some great markets. At a great time for the market, for the real estate market in general, the prices were skyrocketing. Uh, rents were the the demand was able to drive rents up to uh, historical year over year highs. Rent increases were crazy, and it was very common in the time frame of 2020 to 2022 for. Initial investments to double, double, and I've even seen them triple. So that's it's not what he was advertising. Is not uncommon to happen. Uh, what is important to note that there are lots of deals. What happened to this guy Jay? It's happening to a lot of people right now, and that's one reason for that is the interest rates. So a lot of A strategy that's very important or it's very popular in the space of commercial real estate investing, specifically apartment buildings, applies to other asset classes as well. But it's the value add strategy where you take a property that is in distress and you fix it up, you get more tenants in there and you are able to sell it at a higher price. Oftentimes with these distressed properties and the way a distressed property is defined as anything that is less than 90% occupied, uh, you can't get traditional long-term fixed rate financing. So what they do is they would get these bridge loans. And I have experience with bridge loans myself. We got a, we got a bridge loan with adjustable rate uh, on a property that I'm in in Alabama. And like this situation, it, it has caused a lot of heartache. Side note, luckily for us, we have a backup plan and we were able to do some things to mitigate that that interest rate risk. So, uh, But it was very common. So you with these bridge loans, the idea is that you bridge the gap, you get a, a less favorable term on your debt for a shorter time period until you can stabilize the property and then you refinance or sell. If you refinance, you do it into long-term fixed rate debt. But the problem with a lot of properties is that right now, the interest rates have skyrocketed so much and it's floating rate debt, meaning as the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, the interest rate that you have to pay on your monthly payments is going up as well. And so what this article highlights is that they were not able to bring in enough income quickly enough to cover those rising interest rate payments and that is happening all over the country right now and many experts think that this is this bubble is going to pop at some point soon there's a lot of people in the similar in a similar situation as the one that's highlighted here and once that comes to fruition then there's got, going to be a lot of good buying opportunities So another thing that this article highlights is the fact that um, it says syndicators often profit from the deal regardless of performance. And that one kind of annoyed me a little bit because, yeah, it's possible to profit without the deal performing well. But what most quality operators, and when I say operators, I mean the people Who are putting these deals together, the ones who find them and manage them and run the business plan? There are lots of quality people out there doing this who will offer what is called a preferred return. And that is a way to align the incentives of the passive investors, of the limited partners, and the general partners, the operators, the people who put the deal together. And what a preferred return is, it's when you offer, you put a clause in the contract that, the passive investors are going to receive X amount, X percentage of the returns prior to the general partners receiving anything. And so that is a way to ensure that the general partners are working to make the deal perform so they can get their return. And that's often in the 6 to 8% range for preferred returns. So if the property is not cranking out at least a 6 to 8% return, whatever the preferred return is, then they're not going to get paid. So that is something to keep in mind if you happen to read something like this. And then the last thing I want to highlight is anybody can do this. It's not... You don't have to have any special qualification. You just have to have a deal. And so the importance of vetting the operator vetting, understanding them, building a relationship with them, doing your homework on them, understanding everything you can about what you're getting yourself into is more important than ever. Because like I said, anybody can do this. And if you are not 100% clear on what this is going to look like, then it is very possible to get yourself in a situation like the one that this article is highlighting. And we have some resources that can help with that. If that is something you're interested in, we have our, in fact, I even did a, I even did a, um, podcast episode about this, about how we conduct our due diligence on potential operating partners that we are looking to go into business with. So anyways, thought I would share some thoughts on this article. Thought it was super interesting. They also, in this article, they totally, uh laid out the guy whose program, whose conference we were at, made him seem like a total a-hole and um you know I have some thoughts about him. I ended up not joining his program for various reasons. Um to be honest, I thought it was kind of cheesy. Although I will say that the the content, the material that he's teaching is sound and good information. It's just I think uh you know sometimes people like the uh like Jay here get a little carried away and you start getting reckless. And when the market corrects, when there is a contraction in the market, like Warren Buffett says, one of my favorite quotes, I think I say it almost every podcast, when a tide goes out, you see who's swimming with their pants down. So anyways, that's all I got. Happy weekend. Going out there and get you some, be productive. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Freedom Investor Radio. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend.